Hello out there and welcome uh, to the Dirty Talk podcast. Thank you for letting us in your ears. This is TC Rollins. <laughs> and this is Rain DeGray. And if you're new to the game, this is how it works. Uh, this is a weekly podcast. Every other week, we put an episode out to the public at large for your consumption. And then on alternating weeks, we put it up on Patreon. So this is an even-numbered episode, and you're the public at large listening to this. So welcome to another week. Hi, public at large. Hello, public at large. If you listened in a couple weeks ago, we were talking about AI and the future of pornography. Yes, we were. I have a follow-up sort of about that and how AI is being used in pornography. You've watched Japanese porn, I assume. I've watched some, yes. I thought you were going to talk about Pete Davidson's dick. No. Well, do you want to talk about Pete Davidson's dick? How does that relate to AI? Oh, you don't know? Does he have some sort of strange artificial intelligence in his penis? So they've come out with a Pete Davidson dildo. Mm -hmm. And the dildo has dildotronics in it. it dildotronics. Teledictronics. Oh, okay. Basically, he, Pete Davidson has a legendarily big dick, and they've come out with a supposed replica of his legendary big dick covered in tattoos. Of course, it has to be covered. Yeah. I don't think his dick is tattooed, yes, but the, but he himself is heavily tattooed. And I've never gotten the appeal of him. I've never found him funny at all. He's this generation's Warren Beatty. He has fucked everybody, and every single ex only has good things to say about him. He's like, I've got borderline personality disorder. I'm going to therapy. I am a hot mess. And he has fucked half of Hollywood, and everyone has good things to say about him. Supposedly, he has a massive dick, and they have come out last week. Cam Soda came out with a version of his dick that is set up so that you can be writing it. And when he steps on stage and delivers any lines for Saturday Night Live, the toy will start to rumble. It will start to to work, which creates a, strengthens that parasocial relationship. Imagine you're an actor and knowing that a company has made a tattooed version of your legendary big dick mm. and a bunch of watching eyeballs in the dark are writing it strapped up. And when you step on stage at work to do your job and deliver your lines, in the darkness, these people are moaning. And as you talk and act and perform, the toy they have shoved inside them is vibrating. Hopefully they're not in the studio audience. Uh, they're just at home, respectfully at, in the dark, watching yeah, yeah. Saturday Night Live. And but he's the first person this has happened to. It's going to happen again. And as an entertainer or performer, you'll have to know in the future that whenever you go to do a movie or appear on a TV show or sing a song or do a comedy show, there's going to be people writing plastic versions of your genitals. Uh -huh. Some robotic version of your cock is going to be yes. pleasing people. Well, you're just trying to do your job. Uh -huh. Yeah, so that's the AI. And it kind of reminds me of the drinking games we used to play back when we would watch TV shows. Uh, a lot of times we would watch Simpsons reruns and whenever something would happen, everybody would have to take a drink. So it's kind of like that. So, But it's except for when Pete Davidson appears on screen, you start getting vibrated in some way. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, that wasn't the AI I was going to be talking about. What AI do you have for my willing and eager ears? 
What have you noticed that is different about Japanese porn from other porn? How is this porn different? They like cat girls a lot. There's a lot of fluids. There's shame. There's a lot mm -hmm. of bukkake. People mm -hmm. get embarrassed frequently. Mm -hmm. When people ejaculate, it's by the gallon. That's um, true. Female side often seems younger and distressed and embarrassed, but get carried away in a wave of passion. And there's a lot of different fetishes going on as well. They have yeah, some, yeah, there's, yeah. there's plenty of tentacles. There's some Lots octopi, right. octopuses. There's, there's all sorts of things going on. But when it comes to the actual sex... The genitals are blurred? Yeah. They're completely right. blurred out, which mm -hmm. in some way you wonder, why would they bother making pornography if they're just going to blur the genitals out? Because you could be watching anything. You could be watching like somebody rub their elbow into the back of someone's knee. And if it's blurred, it might look like a sex act, they're very specific say? with what they blur. I recall when you were a young man, you would happily watch pixelated and blurred anything's on the hope that you might see some random nipple. Well, yeah, because so, I mean, I the, the, I didn't have the internet back then. All I had was a scrambled Playboy channel on a TV, and you know, once in a while, you'd get a couple frames where it was unscrambled, and yeah, you'd be like, "Oh my god, is that a toe? Is it a nipple? I don't know, but I'm feeling kind of turned on. I got this got this fuzzy, warm feeling in my." In my nethers right now. I've seen the blurring, and sometimes it's a single pixel on just the shaft, the pee hole of the cock. That's the whole, like, it's very lightly blurred. Sometimes. Sometimes it's more heavily blurred. It's right. just kind of like a weird 8-bit video game down there sometimes. Just lets your imagination run wild. Yeah. The reason why it's blurred is because of Article 175 of the Japanese Criminal Code, which forbids disturbing indecent materials. And that definition is wide open for interpretation. So just to be on the safe side, if somebody wants to sell videos of intercourse in Japan, they have to blur it out. So you may wonder where AI comes into all this. I am. It, are is the AI helping with the pixelating? The AI is unpixelating <gasps> the pixelated porn. Just a couple uh, weeks ago, the first okay. person to be arrested for unpixelating, so they were uncensoring the censored porn. Oh. They were arrested for doing this. And okay. since it is against this law in Japan, the person was arrested for this. But but here's the question: is is he really showing genitals? Because these are just computer-created things. Like It's not really showing the actual genitals that were filmed oh. because that's all been pixelated. It's right. what the computer generates as it is genitals. reimposing on top of it, but isn't actually based on human flesh. Yeah, I mean, it's based on when, pictures right, that the AI sure, has seen. But... We've thrown a bunch of dicks and thrown a yeah, bunch yeah. of vulvas at this and we're like, hey, make something out of this, right? And and they can do this with blurred pictures where you, you keep redefining and redefining and redefining until you can get an actual usable image. But whatever you're seeing in this unblurred porn isn't right. actually their genitals. Their genitals. It's, it's just computer-created rendition of what the computer thinks their genitals would look like having sex. Ah, humanity. What's the first thing we do with technology? Let's feed in a bunch of dicks and pussies into a computer program so we can make more 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's fuck climate change. Let me tell you about this machine script I've come up with. Yeah, of course we would. Priorities. Well, to me, this seems like making unsweetened iced tea because there's that that old joke where unsweetened iced tea isn't unsweetened iced tea. It's just tea. It's just cold iced tea. Tea. Right? It's just right. iced tea Regular. because it's not it's like you're going to add a bunch of sugar to the fucking tea. And then right, right. be like, well, I want to unsweeten this. So now I have yeah. to take all the sugar out of the tea. And now I have nicely unsweetened iced tea. It's just tea. It's right? just so it's just like tea. we're making porn. We're pixelating the porn. But now we got to go in and we're going to remove <clears throat> the sugar from the porn to <laughs> make it raw, unfiltered porn. To- <laughs> oh, humanity. And my, uh-huh. my other question about this is that they have the internet in Japan. Right. And I'm sure so it would be easy enough to find and unpixelated, unblurred. Yeah. Like why is why is anyone subjecting themselves to the blurred version? I don't understand. Unless there's an incredibly effective porn blocker where the only porn that you can access in Japan is the blurred stuff, but that doesn't make any sense to me either. You'd think that even if they had that protective shield, enough people would hack their way for it. I don't understand. Well, you could use a VPN. I don't know. If we have any listeners in Japan, reach out. Let us know if you can get unpixelated porn on the internet, which I it has well, I to be there. You, you could, has to, if you're right. on Twitter, there's there's <laughs> raw unpixelated porn on Twitter. Like any any place right, right. you go, if you're on Reddit, there's porn. Just you porn everywhere. You cannot contain hard. the pornography. It's very hard to avoid. You would think that the pixelated would have died out because why would people subject themselves to that? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Further research might be needed. Speaking of fetishes, we, I believe, have touched upon before the foot binding, the, the Chinese tradition of making feet smaller because for the longest time, small dainty feet were considered to be very attractive. Right. Right. I didn't realize that the Chinese also had a custom that worked on the other end of the body. Did you Uh, know that for a long time in China, they were trying to make the backs of kids' heads flat? I've heard of some head shaping uh, in various cultures other than just China. I I didn't know that China was doing the backs. I believe the Aztecs wanted the front to be really flat and high. Mm-hmm. And then there was some that were shaping them like cones. Yeah, like cones. And there yeah. were some of them, they, they had that weird alien-looking cone coming out the back yeah. of their heads as well. Not very practical for sleeping on your back. No. Well, I, most kids do get a flat skull because when you're a baby, if you lie on your back a lot, your your skull is really soft and malleable. And for a long time, it was believed in China that having a extremely flat back of your head was good luck, and it would make your face and head seem fuller. So they would have their babies sleep on books or boards, or they'd have certain devices where they would put the baby down and make sure the baby didn't roll to either side as they were sleeping to be able to get this nice flat back of their head. Oh, okay. Times change. Indeed, they do. And trends change. Trends are always changing. Lately, I was reading an article in the South China Morning Post where they are saying that flatheads are no longer desired by Chinese parents. Do you know what is the new cool shape for Chinese parents? (laughs) 
triangles? No, we're not triangles. And I know that they've been growing watermelons in some places that are like square because they're easier to to stack. Transport, yeah. No, round heads. They now want very round heads for the babies. So they have taken to putting helmets and different head-shaping gear on the babies to make their heads nice and round. What? Mm -hmm. What? Do people, you know, there's internet out there. There's all sorts of ways to keep yourself occupied. There's so many things to do. Flat heads, now round heads. It's going to be triangles next, I'm telling you. Well, possibly. But this this also leads into the conversation that we've had numerous times about when CRISPR technology really takes off and we can oh, start deciding what kind of traits you want in your child. So right now, they're still trying to make these designer babies. Like, well, how round do you want your child's head? Well, let's put this retainer device. And this is what they think of them as. is like, well, the argument is, well, if you put retainers on people's teeth to make them nice and straight and have them grow in in this particular way, because if it's attractive, then what's the problem of putting retainer on your child's head to ensure that as your kid's head is growing and it's still soft and malleable, that it will grow into this nice round bulbous shape, which is considered preferable. We want our baby to look like a walking lollipop. That's Mm -hmm. that's what we're aiming for, lollipop head. Yeah. Okay. So we're already trying to manipulate our child's outcome in this way. So I, I could just imagine when... You can, at some point, make a triangle head. They will. They will. If it can be done, people will do it. They've already done the cone heads. They've already done yeah, you yeah. Know, the the, yeah. the Maasai, I believe, are the tribes that have the huge long necks because they just keep putting rings on until their necks become incredibly long and they can't support them anymore. So they have to keep the rings on there or their necks are going to snap. They d- Their necks don't become incredibly long. Their necks actually stay the exact same length. The weight of it depresses the bones in their collar, and mm-hmm. collarbones are pressed down, so it makes their, their neck look artificially long. Mm-hmm. It's just weight causing your shoulders to go down. Mm-hmm. But yes, they can't hold their head up once they – it's brass. Uh, it's all of the family's wealth is kept around their neck. It's supposed to keep them safe. Uh, but, the, but, but then you can never use the wealth because if you take it off, your neck breaks. The, the woman's a walking bank. <laughs> well, you know what they say, every woman is sitting on a gold mine. <laughs> they do say that. They're not wrong. But that is the new fetish for parents is the round-headed child coming lollipop to a store kid. near lollipop you. Lollipop kid on lollipop kid. Speaking of fetishes, Mm -hmm. have you heard of the door ajar fetish? As it's kind of like one guy, one jar? (laughs) No, it's not at all like one guy, one jar. Thank goodness for that. Wow. Um, Very calm and collected that man was. Well, he had quite a fetish. He he did. He did. And fetish is fine until it goes wrong. And boy, when it goes wrong, it goes... <laughs> you start pulling <laughs> chunks of broken glass out of your ass. Ooh, he was very calm about it. I was uh, kind of uh, impressed with how cool and composed he was. This is... We're getting off in the weeds. This is not the fetish I'm trying to talk about. It's not the jar up your ass fetish. Mm-hmm. I was trying to share the door jar fetish. It sounds like there's a jar involved, but there isn't actually... It is for people that want to engage in anonymous sex, and they will go online, uh, Grinder, 
I would imagine probably more than Tinder, but you contact a prospective sex partner and you say, I am blindfolded, I am lubricated, I have assumed the position and the door is ajar. Mm. Come on over. Yeah. And you can have an entirely anonymous encounter and you don't know who the other person is uh-huh. unless they re- remove the blindfold or identify themselves and that's not how it's supposed to work. They can come in and use you and leave. Yeah. And that's the fetish is that this person is just coming in. You have no idea. It could be any yes. random stranger and, and, and they're just using you. Or it could be yes. multiple random strangers right. coming in and using right. you. I used right. to see these ads before Craigslist started taking these things down in the like adult, intimate, whatever, personal section. I would see mm-hmm. things like that be like, oh, from this time to this time, yes. you know, I will be here. I will be tied up. And lubed and eager, yes. willing, but come in, do whatever you want sort of thing. And I was I was never curious about going, but I was curious as to whether it was real or not. I it is. I guess it is real. But then I was also thinking, how boring would it be if nobody ever showed up? And how disappointing if you're there, you're tied to your bed, you've prepped, you've hopefully cleansed your nethers of anything and you're just sitting there waiting and you know hour goes by then another and be like well i guess not tonight it's like gambling it's like trying to play the lottery part of the anticipation is you don't know when is is someone going to come mm-hmm. or, or can can you hear them you're you're blindfolded every sense is attuned yeah, okay. yeah, is that a that. hand at the door uh, i saw a compilation of clips for a man whose fetish was to be caught cross-dressed and masturbating with a toy up his ass by hotel maids uh-huh. which cer- certainly didn't bring their consent in at all yeah but he his entire fetish was to go from hotel room to hotel room set up a camera and then he would start pleasuring himself in these ridiculous outfits i don't want to kink shame but i am kink shame because he was bringing the maids into yeah, it because they didn't well they're just trying to do their job they're getting paid minimum wage to clean up after messy folks in hotels and he would deliberately keep his back to the door and then start pleasuring himself. And he would obviously have to do it for hours because he wouldn't know when housekeeping would come in. And then the thrill mm. for him is that the housekeeper would come in and he would be in his lingerie with his back to the door with something up his ass, like furiously going away at himself. And he would, he'd compiled all of this footage. It was like his private porn. Yeah. And you would see the housekeepers just be in shock and back away out of the room and not say anything and the entire scrapbook i saw that this guy had put together he'd been doing it for years it was his fetish so he would have to wait for hours possibly in his lingerie and lubed not knowing because he needed the other person to walk through the door for yeah that's part of it i'm sure he would put the please make up room sign out on the yeah door. he could he was his fetish was helped by the fact he was 100% guaranteed someone's eventually going to knock on the door. Mm-hmm. I guess with the door jar people, like you set up and you talk to the other person online and, and you agree for them to come by, but you don't know if they're actually going to follow through. Mm. As, it's fishing. Am I going to land a big one today or is the fish going to get away? Yeah. Well, it's also incredibly dangerous because if somebody else, if I was going on Craigslist and seeing this and I had the person's information... I could just go in and if this person's blindfolded and handcuffed or whatever, yeah. I just go in and beat the hell out of this person and rob them. 
So uh, it's, it's just incredibly dangerous just inviting strangers. I mean, hope maybe it's a hotel room that they're doing this in and not your, They tend your own not house. to it, it tends to be your own house and not a hotel room. That's it's, that's, it's, that's so dangerous to be like, "Hey, my door is unlocked. I'm tied up and helpless. Yes. Come over, well, not, won't you?" Well, they're not always tied. The 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 bondage is the more extreme version of it. Sometimes you're just there waiting. It does seem dangerous to me. I actually have done some research in this because I got really curious about this as a fetish because that was my original takeaway is this is very dangerous. Mm. And yes, people suck and you can't trust them. But uh, the counter to it is that this is actually a fetish that allows people that are just coming out of the closet and aren't yet comfortable with their sexuality Uh and can't make direct eye contact with another guy and be like, all right, you're going to put something inside me. They're not ready. So uh-huh. the door jar fetish is kind of like training wheels that allows you to get used to doing the act, but you're blindfolded. So you're not having to have that uh, intimacy or vulnerability before you're ready. It's kind of like a door dashing yeah. a glory hole to your own home. Yes. Instead right. of having to go out for the glory right. hole, you just yeah. call somebody up to bring the glory hole to you. To you. Correct. Mm, okay. I, it still seems like a good way to get fucked over and robbed, but I can also see where it could have some value if you could trust the other person and you weren't quite ready to be fully ready to commit to unblindfolded gay time sex. Yeah. Speaking of risky behavior and dangerous things to engage in, uh, as someone who is an OnlyFans content creator myself, I've always been very uh, cautious about stuff that's public and people do do public things, Mm. uh, get caught sometimes, get in trouble. Did you hear about the person who just got sentenced to 14 days in Russian jail, which I think is probably worse? That's like a year in regular jail. She is a a Russian OnlyFans uh, content creator and... I have a a very jaunty photo of her flashing her bum outside a famous Russian cathedral. Rita Fox gave a statement, I have always been a patriot. I love Russia. For the first time in my life, I decided to go see the Kremlin and Red Square. And she was so inspired on seeing the Red Square that she dropped trow and flashed a nice juicy peach bum and got caught and now has to go pay the price for disrespecting Putin. Because I guess he doesn't like um, nice, glorious bumps near famous cathedrals. From my takeaway from Putin, is he's not a big fan of a lot of things. He doesn't have much of a sense of humor, no. that fellow. No. No, most oligarchs don't. <laughs> my bigger takeaway from that is it's about consent and uh, I certainly, as an OnlyFans creator, I have done stuff in public when there wasn't anyone else around, when I knew that I couldn't get caught. But when you do public flashing and you're you're roping other people into your content creation, it has a much higher chance of going wrong. Sometimes you end up doing 14 days in Russian prison. Transitioning from Russian prison, I want to move to Egypt. Okay, from Russia to Egypt. In specific, I want to move to Egyptian divorce. It's a logical, logical <laughs> jump from public mooning in Russia to Egyptian divorce. It's semi-logical. Work with me. That All was right. the best. <laughs> are you are you shaming my transition? I'm not. That is, yeah. I'm, and the, and the annals Russian, of transitions that shall go down as a 
transition. Russian prison, Egyptian divorce. Come on. Right. Come on. Work, I'm Fine. working with you. Yes, okay, and? Okay, work with me. That's right. Thank you. Yes, okay, and? So... <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. When you are part of a culture where there's a really strong gender divide between men and women, one of the side effects that that can create is that men don't know what women really look like or act like or or are. Like their women are a mystery. And less than a month of marriage and an Egyptian man is divorcing his wife because she doesn't look like how he thinks she's supposed to look when her makeup comes off. Uh-huh. He only saw pictures of her. Obviously, they weren't hanging out for a real long time before they got married. Was it an arranged marriage? No, it wasn't an arranged marriage. He met her on Facebook, but what she did was post heavily, heavily made up. filtered like everyone well, else on Facebook? No, there is um, – I'm not saying that this is – a. Everyone is like this, but in uh, I have noticed in Arabic and Egyptian cultures, the women can be into pretty elaborate makeup. Mm-hmm. They really get into eye makeup. Uh, if you're wearing a hijab or your face is covered, a lot of the times the only way for you to really explore your femininity is heavier makeup. And obviously not all Egyptian women are wearing a ton of heavy makeup. But there is a, a certain style where they really that uh, Middle Eastern where they can go for very dramatic eye makeup. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're thinking that women should look like and you're used to this really heavily made up Kim Kardashian thing, what does Kim Kardashian look like without her makeup? There are some people where you're wearing such heavy la- layers of makeup, you're basically painting an entire new self on you. Yeah, And these men don't know what women look like without makeup. Uh-huh. So he met with her several times before they got married. Uh, obviously in their culture, it's somewhat of an accelerated thing. And he saw her for the first time without makeup after the marriage and he couldn't do it. He said he gave himself a month to try and get adjusted to it. And he said, no, he's been deceived about her looks. And yes, people look different without makeup. I would say this is kind of uh, akin to the Rita Hayworth effect. Indeed. Yes. She really struggled from that. She's like, everyone goes to bed with Rita Hayworth, but they have to wake up with me in the morning. And nobody is Rita Hayworth all of the time. Mm -hmm. Except for Prince. Prince is always Uh, Prince. Prince, you're completely right. I was just thinking that when I was doing research about that. I was, I, you're in my mind. At all times of day, Prince was Prince. Same page. He never stopped being Prince. He slept in the makeup. The heels killed him. I remember when he was he was shaming one of his bandmates because it was the weekend and he wasn't in his outfit. And Prince was like, what are you doing? Going camping? Like, Go put the stage, sleep in the stage. Never take the stage clothes off. Mm. That shit's uncomfortable. Prince is like, if I could do it, you can. So obviously this woman was not Prince and could not sleep in the makeup continually. And the man could not adapt. He said, I have I saw her pictures on Facebook. She looks totally different when she does not wear makeup. I was deceived and I want to divorce her. I want a refund. I was deceived by her as she used to apply heavy makeup before marriage. She looks ugly without makeup. After the wedding, I saw her real face. I see her when she wakes up. Her hair is messy. 
and her appearance is completely different from the one I knew when I married her. This is a man who knows so little about women. If you have longer hair, it's going to be messy when you wake up in the morning. And if your interactions with women are so limited, you only see them with the heavy makeup after they've done their hair, that would be a shock to wake up in bed next to someone. Well, I'm sure that he looks like a freshly bloomed rose in the morning himself. (laughs) Oh, yes. But uh, men don't have to. That's not a burden that men have to deal with. Yes. He's probably brushed his teeth and he might have brushed his hair. I'm not quite sure what more you expect from him. I put a t-shirt on. Oh, did you do deodorant? Or is that too fancy? Sometimes, maybe later in the day. If I want to get fancy, God. How's that male privilege? Speaking of mysterious women things. Okay. Uh, uh, okay mysterious so- women parts? Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear about the artist that is creating a collection of vaginal discharge? Uh, for his own personal use? Her. So, sorry, for her own personal use? No, it is to raise awareness. We live in a society where people don't know about how their own bodies work. And in particular, there's less information about how women's bodies work. It's as if it's some big mysterious thing. And our sex education is failing us. American youths know less about sexual education than they did a quarter of a century ago. Uh A lot of people don't know how their bodies work. And women have discharge. It's perfectly normal. It's natural. There are women that when they get discharged, they think they're the only one. They think that they have an STI. They think that they're broken or they've got cancer or there's something wrong with them. They're ashamed to talk about it. And as a result, for a very noble cause, Joe Coral wants women and people with vulvas to start familiarizing themselves with vaginal discharge. And her latest project is the Discharge Gallery, which is a collection of photos showing underwear with visible discharge stains. Hmm. So you can see different types of discharge through the the course of the month. Different different gradients. Yeah. Yes. Different viscosities. A lot of people think there's something medically wrong with them, which is really distressing when you think about it, reported Joe Coral. If you're too embarrassed to go to the doctor to speak about discharge because you don't even know what it is, that to me just screams that our sex education is appalling. And there are people that have discharge that are embarrassed to go to the doctor and are sitting at home thinking there's something wrong with them because this conversation is not being had. So if you go to a gallery and you see a bunch of photos of discharge-covered panties and you're wondering why, it's for a good and noble cause. And uh, you should get your butt to that gallery and familiarize yourself with it as well. So what you're saying is do yourself a favor, get up off the couch, go out and see some soiled panties to (laughs) raise your awareness of vaginal discharge. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, I said that. You can quote me. Maybe maybe we will see you there, fine listeners. Those remind me of the uh, collage of uh, diseased vaginas that Kurt Cobain made. Oh, the famous yeah, yeah, yeah. collage. Yes. Now, now I have the d- diseased vagina collage in my head. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, why don't you give these fine listeners a non-diseased jaunty salute? No disease here. It is very jaunty. It is ready to go. Fire it up. 
Catch you all next week. Thank you so much for joining us and lending us your ear holes. And we will talk at you next week if you're on Patreon. If not, go check it out. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Dirty Talk Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at TC Rollins. And I'm everywhere as Rain DeGray. All right. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk at your ear holes in about a week. Bye, everyone.